Hi, this is That Night and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. And welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. I'm J-Mac, your host, reporting live from J-Mac Manor, deciding to reveal my true identity in the Fulham Cave, with a cape made out of clappers and neutral stand tickets to my left and a can of black spray paint to my right. Up the Fulham. We'll be starting our engines talking about our 2-0 defeat at Stamford Bridge Library at the hands of our dear friends Chelsea in just a tick. But before that, thank you, Zat Knight, for that lovely introduction. Zat made 163 appearances for us, playing a total of 13,841 minutes. We got hold of him in 1999, and working his way through the ranks, he went on to be one of our most accomplished centre-backs and captained the team in one of his best seasons for us in the 06-07 season. He was the first Fulham player to represent England for 38 years, and Fulham's the first club he always looks out for when we play. Zat Knight, we salute you, sir. Now be sure to check out Danny's interview with him on the Fulham Focus website as well. Right, Captain Morgan and Long Don Silver are with me. Let's go. Fulham. Right, guys, new dog, old tricks. We shot ourselves in the foot once again a few minutes in with a hospital, hospital pass from Adoy, but we looked defensively tighter and Claudio believes we were better than we were against Southampton. So let's have a look. So I'll go to you first, Morgan, mate. How are you? What did you think of the starting lineup when it appeared? Uh, hey, John. I'm, yeah, I'm good. Um, I kind of... Looked at the lineup, and obviously the first thing that stuck out was the lack of Scherler. That was the sort of the main disappointment. What I actually did enjoy was the fact that we had the same back five, which was, it was kind of quite scary, really. You just wonder what was going on. But I think looking at the lineup, Steph Joe, uh, you know, he's could you call him Mister Reliable? I'm not quite sure that's the right word for him. Looking at the sort of the apps uh, formation, it looked like sort of the old four one two one two that used to play in Champ Man in about 1997. But sort of, you know, for what the, what we had available, I was fairly happy with it. I, again, I would have liked to have seen Vieto, but he just seems to have disappeared a bit. And so, looking at sort of, you know, players on the pitch, I wasn't too disappointed. Again, I just I was a bit uh, bit sad that Scherler wasn't involved. Yeah, and onto the Vieto thing, I've got a feeling that I, I just think Claudio probably is working on his work rate defensively because we know what Vieto is like when going forward, but. I think it's this defensive uh, discipline that he's trying to work on. I don't think we've seen the end of Vieto just yet. And Don, sir, how are you? What did you think? Was it a mistake to play Johansson? And did we miss Scherler, mate? Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, on Johansson, I don't think it was actually a mistake. He brings actually a lot of energy, you know, onto the field. So that is something we know that Claudio wants. And so it, it makes perfect sense to choose him. Uh, especially in a game where we think it's going to be a high tempo. So I, I don't think Johansson was necessarily a mistake. Now, you know, obviously it's Johansson and he's going to pull his little shithouse trickeries and, and going to grab people and go in for crappy tackles. Now, luckily, I didn't, I don't really think I saw anything bad from him this game. So I don't, I didn't have a problem with that. What I do think, and I agree with is Schuler missing. A lot of people give him stick and can't understand why he's playing. Now, I will give you, he is not the best person coming back on defense for the most part. But he brings a lot up front that I think a lot of people don't quite understand or just don't appreciate. And one of those is, yeah, he takes a lot of shots, but 
with his foot and his accuracy, I want him to, I want him to be selfish. Now there are going to be times where I don't want him to, and I want him to obviously make the right pass, but he works well and seems to feed off of uh, Mitchell much better than what we saw in this game. So I personally, I missed him. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you as well, Don. I mean, I sort of, when he, when he wasn't there, it's like, you know, some people would go, oh, well, great. Cause he hasn't sort of done enough all around the pitch to really justify being in the starting lineup. But He's an incredibly talented footballer and we are very lucky to have him in our squad. And I just think that for this game, especially, he would have been really up for it. He would have, you know, like anyone going back to their role team would have liked to sort of shown, you know, show the fans what they're missing as it were. Well, you know, he, um, wants, he wants to tell them, look, <laughs> this is what you let go. Yeah. You, you made a big mistake. And that's, and I think, you know, given the opportunity he would have done, and he's also got the ability to score, which, you know, we still lack hugely in our squad is a uh, scoring players. And I think if he'd been on there, no, we may not have won, but I think he would have just added an extra threat level that we were certainly missing during the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I completely agree with that. And, you know, yes, he can sometimes be selfish, but actually in a game like this, that's the sort of attitude we might have needed. Now talking about, you know, going forward, I mean, Kearney once again played a for a, you know, was a lot more forward in that number 10 position. What, what did you think? Did, did, this, did this work for you, Don? I mean, he looks, he looks like an, another revelation all over again in this position, doesn't he? So all last season, I kept saying, I want Tom more forward. If anybody has ah. been listening to our pods, last season, I thought he played way too deep, constantly way too deep, you know, and he was always making those great passes out of the backfield, but he wasn't up front as much. This is what I think his perfect role is, okay? Now, sadly... I think especially in this game, when he had the ball, he didn't have a lot of outlets. Or if he did, the player he was trying to pass to, there was so much pressure on them that we really couldn't do much with it in the final third, okay? And, and that just has to do with, sadly, you know, we're just not at, I hate to say this, the Chelsea caliber, like, you know, their second goal, the way they were compact, boom, boom, boom. We don't do that as often. Every now and then you'll see us do that, but we don't do that as often. So for me, perfect place for Tom is right where he's at right now, playing the true number 10. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, when you're sort of having to rely on him being uh, sort of, you know, defensive, you, you could see so early on he was tracking back, but that is not his strong point. He He's a creative midfielder. And to be in that number 10 role, he's going to, you know, he's going to find his best opportunities from there. And we saw it in the second half. I mean, the first half was a little bit, you know, we didn't threaten a huge amount. Uh, in the second half, there was that bit where he got into in, near the six-yard area, cut it back to Chambers. And then it was it was things like that. You know, his vision for that ball was great. And I think he was generally, he looks a lot more comfortable when he's a creative outlet as opposed to a, you know, central midfielder. Yeah, and someone also who actually looked, I mean, almost like a number 10 at times in the game was Callum Chambers. I mean, what was going on there? I mean, he he was a complete revelation to me in this game. I mean, he seems to have been getting... Uh, uh, granted, his his passing is still a bit here and there for me, but he was... he was. I mean, he nearly scored twice, for God's sake. What did you think of this, Don? Because I thought Chambers was probably our man of the match, if, if not one of them, anyway. I actually think he, it was brilliant. What he did yesterday was brilliant. And there was a couple of things, okay? Number one... Yeah. Right out of the gate, he came strong, strong run down that uh, right-hand side. And he got a shot off. Now, yeah, it wasn't the best shot, but, uh, you know, it was on target at least, more than what everybody else has been doing. 
The second time, though, this was in the second half, I believe, he turned around, had the ball, and he actually plowed through like two or three defenders, you know, before getting his shot off. Now, you know, it wasn't a great shot or anything. You know, it actually kind of fluffed out. But still, he showed he's got skill, but he's still got that defensive mind, which is kind of what Claudio wants. He wants people who are going to be tracking back hard and fast, but get forward and help support at least Mitro some way, you know, get him a ball, take some shots. Hopefully maybe the goalie spills it. Mitro is there to pick it up and clean it up or, or Session. I don't know what somebody will be there, but that's what I think what we need more of. So I give him kudos. I think he's found at his spot too. It's not going to be as a center back. I think it's going to be more as the holding uh, midfielder. Yeah. We didn't really expect that. Did we? When he first came in? Uh, no, everybody but, thought he was going to be, you know, Oh, this is going to be our guy center back. We're done. He, he's the guy. In the corner as well, didn't he? I mean, he came from that Seri corner that sort of um, swung in or swung out. Mm. He uh, came in with a header and a good save by um, Kepa. That was a great save. Unlucky. And, and again, he, he's shown this is the kind of guy we do want on the pitch right now. Of what we have, this is what we want. Do you think, I mean, I mean, I look at it and I go, this guy has been sort of had a new lease of life breathed into him. Has Ranieri mm. come in and just sort of said, actually, you are a good player. Whereas, you know, Yukanovich may have said completely the opposite if uh, rumours to be believed. Because he, he looks so much more confident. He looks like he wants to be playing again. Before, he kind of looked like a sort of rabbit, uh, you know, rabbit in the headlights. So I think if we can get him playing, be it as a centre-back or as this holding midfield role, then we've got ourselves a very useful player for the remainder of the season, which is great. I wonder if it's not kind of along that lines. But, J-Mac, I wonder if it wasn't more like Okay, he sat on the bench for so long, and mm. then he got picked up for the Liverpool game and put in, in that spot. So, you know, it kind of goes back to our previous manager really saying, hey, can you do this role? And him saying, I ain't sitting on this bench anymore. I'm going to show all of you. And he made it his his spot. So I can't help but wonder if it wasn't Claudio wasn't really the person who got him going, but Savisa that put him in that spot and said, show me what you can do. I need somebody who can sit in this spot make great passes, make runs, great runs out of the back, but also kind of be that person that we thought K-Mac was going to be, sit in front, help defend, and, and prevent as much stuff off of the center backs as you can. So I give Chambers complete kudos, great job. He has proven that he can actually be more of like K-Mac person to sit there and take off that pressure. So but again, I can't help but think a little of that comes from Slavisa. It, it wasn't all Claudio. No, for sure. It started obviously with Slavisa, but Claudio's certainly done something. I mean, each game he's played, he's got better. Not necessarily his passing. But in the second half, I mean, he had this moment where he was almost like he had the Lionel Messi moment. He just dribbled his way around these players and just fluffed it in the last minute. But I just remember watching this like, oh, my God, what is happening? What, what has happened to this player? He's become the, like, the new fucking Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, I think this is as well, because don't forget, Arsenal fans were questioning why Embry had let him go yep. uh, at the beginning of the season. And then within about 15 minutes, we were wondering why we bought him. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, it was one of those things. You looked at him and just go, really? This guy played under Wenger? It's like he was useless. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe there was maybe there was a bit of an injury going there. Maybe he just wasn't feeling right playing centre-back. But he just, yeah, he seems to be a bit of a different player now, which, you know, it's kind of this weird season where, <clears throat> excuse me, the people that started out strong are now our screw ups and can't seem to do anything right. 
And the people who started out kind of as our, our screw ups are, are coming on strong, you know, Alfie chambers, these guys have proven, Hey, these, we, we can come in and we'll be your, your guys for the team. So it's kind yeah, of a weird season, how it started off and how it is right now. Well, to add to that, I mean, Cyrus Christie too, I mean, was, I thought fantastic throughout that game. I mean, he made Eden Hazard look bang average at times. Well, I think, you know, if it sort of keeps going like this, Anguissa is going to come back and look like an absolute world beater. Well, that's a really good point because I really I, I want to touch on this because well, if only exactly, but I want to touch on this because the way Chambers is playing at the moment and the way he's being able to actually move himself forward and actually potentially score two goals, I'm starting to think that once Anguissa is fit again, it's actually going to be Chambers and Anguissa rather than Chambers and Seri that is actually going to be far more important to us. I mean, Seri is having a bit of a bad time at the moment, which we should talk oh, about Jesus. now. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Don, what, what's happened to him? Is it a lack of confidence? I mean, is he just not adapting to the Premier League, that old cliche? What do you think, mate? I, I actually, I just think he might be a little bit out of his depth, you know? And I, I, I do not really like to be that guy who gives stick to players, especially our own players, because I, I want them all to do well. We all want them to do well. Of course. But there are several of our players who I feel like, you know, we started out, we thought we were going to be around the mid-table, 10, 12, 13, somewhere in there. And we're now glued to the bottom. And I think it's showing that, you know, however we uh, bring these players in, I don't care if you're watching video after video, you go and scout their games, or you look at their stats, you can't really truly predict what a player is going to be like, you know, especially from season to season. They might be, oh my God, one season and then a flop the next season. So we just can't tell. But I think Siri is a little out of his depth right now. And this goes back to, what a lot of these players have been doing, and this drives me nuts for the last two seasons. I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here about saying this. They don't have the field awareness not to be at this level. <clears throat> what I mean by that is we had not just one, but we had two hospital square passes where nobody looked around over their shoulders mm. where they just thought, hey, that guy doesn't have the speed. I'll make this pass and he'll, he won't be able to get it. And Chelsea or whoever we're playing picks up on it and takes off like a rabbit and punishes us for it so field awareness awareness has got to be a, a big thing that these guys got to start getting better at otherwise quit making these simple stupid passes that give the ball away do something else instead like siri there i wish he would have just dropped his left shoulder and gone down the right hand side and made it happen but instead he made this square pass and we all know what happened yeah and you it's funny you mentioned hospital passes morgan i'll go to you on this i mean the first goal we conceded, the uh, the classic shooting ourselves in our middle toe. I mean, wh what did you make of that? I mean, it was was it Seri, Adoy, or both? I mean, I personally think Adoy is completely at fault and made Seri look ten times worse than he probably was in this instance. But what do you think? Uh, when yeah, when you said you thought Adoy was at fault for it at the beginning of the show, I was like, ah, was he though? Um, <laughs> I kind of like you know, I sort of I watched it and then I watched it over and over just to sort of you know try and work out who I did think was at fault. And I'm still kind of 50-50, really, because the, the ball to Seri was a simple defender to midfielder ball. Now, when he started, when he played that ball, Kante was nowhere near Seri. But Kante is that quick, and, you know, he was on him in a flash. Now, Adoy would have passed that Seri. I don't know if he shouted man, out, man on, or if he just thought automatically that Seri would have known that Kante would have been, you know, on him, on him like that, but I just think he was pushed off the ball so easily. 
And he should have known as a footballer playing in the Premier League that if he receives the ball very quickly, he's going to have someone on him. Now, he really didn't. He didn't have the awareness to you know understand that you don't get all that time in the Premier League. He yeah. should have you know been made aware if there. Were, I mean, obviously you can't hear if someone shouted, but he should have known to protect the ball and turn very quickly. It was in slow motion, and Kante, you know what? This is stealing candy from a baby. Once he'd lost the ball, there was no way he was getting it back. He did chase him, so. Yes, possibly not the greatest ball for the boy, but when he would have thought about playing it, he would have thought there was very little danger, even with Kante sort of in the vicinity. I think Seri probably should have shown a bit more strength, a bit more uh, awareness of the situation, and he didn't. Well, Seri's reaction to that was just, in my opinion, shows how not up to speed he is with the Premier League, I mean, and the pressure that he was under there. But Don, I'll go to you. I mean, Adoy, for me, has been... Probably are one of our best centre-backs so far, for me anyway. And I think, yeah, but there's always the, the classic line from a lot of people on Twitter and all that is that there's always a mistake in his locker for every game. And this was certainly one. I mean, is, are we reaching a point soon where Adore is going to get dropped, do you think? All right, I guess I'm going to get uh, stick for this, but I don't like Adoy. I'm not, I've never oh. been an Adoy fan. Uh, I think... But Dennis. Yeah, Dennis. I'm like sorry. Dennis. Dennis is way out of his depth, and here's why. Dennis gets beat, and when Dennis gets beat, what does he do? He grabs the person's shirt. He ends up taking the foul and the tackle, getting a card, you know, and it happens all the time. Uh, it's not just once. If you watch him, he gets beat a lot, and then what's his locker room trick? He goes in for these stupid, ugly tackles or has to do the professional foul so that he can make things right and, and, and get the ball back or, or at least prevent a goal or a breakaway. Are you so, confusing him with Steph Johansson? Nope. I think, just just I think he's just as bad. I really do. If you watch him play, okay, watch him play. Seriously stop and watch him in, a, in an open mind. When he is beat, he cannot get the person more times than not. He, he cannot recover. And so what he has to do is he pulls, he tugs, he, you know, does an ugly tackle, and, and I just – I don't see why he is there, okay? Now, I will say, if I was playing a doy, if, if I was a manager and I was going to pick a – put a doy, because of the way he plays, and there, he worries me, I would make him more probably like the right back. Or, honestly, I, I, I probably would – this is a toss-up for me. I guess I'd just take him off the pitch, and I'd have Christie as a right back. And I would, I would slide – uh, Alfie over instead, and I bring Reem in. I know everybody is all about Reem right now, not being that great, but Reem has better passing. I, I don't know why he has much better awareness than than Odoi ever does. Um, you know, if he's beat, you know, at least Reem doesn't end up causing us a, a free kick area or a pass that's going to happen. I think Reem and Chambers, I could see as being a, a very, very exciting team. I just I'm not an Adoy fan. Raymond I don't Chambers care. or Raymond Morrison? Do you mean Raymond Morrison? I, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, uh, yeah, Morrison. I'm sorry. No, that's cool. Um, I was going to say actually that I I agree with you and I agree with the Adoy. Um, you know, out of his depth thing. I mean, I sometimes like to think of him that he could maybe start in at the right back position, but I think Christie's doing too well there at the moment. I think boy, at your point alluded to you know putting Maxi Blamarsh on in there and um putting Mawson on the right as a centre-back, and that would give room for Joe Bryan. I think that is hopefully what we're going to see in the next few weeks. I could see um, that. 
I, I yeah. would go with that. That's definitely kind of where I see this going once Brian's fit. And I think, <clears throat> I know we'll preview Leicester in a minute, but I think that's maybe what we'll see. If uh, Brian, you know, he's been on the bench the last two games, uh, I think that soon after the game on Sunday, I think, you know, he's definitely time to sort of give, give him a chance to stretch his legs. So, Yeah, talking about the addition of players, um, let's talk about the substitution. We had Aite coming for Johansson and AK for Sess, um just straight at the start of the second half. Sess looked tired because he seemed to be in some sort of free role. He was, one, he was on the left and the right. Uh, he just looked absolutely knackered. And we had Cabana one for Tom Kearney. Now, Mark was saying in the last episode that this manager we have now is very good at making substitutions. <laughs> very good. And he, I think Mark is completely right. I mean, for, for you, Don, I mean, I thought the highlight of the substitution, oddly, was AK for Cesc. I thought he was a complete menace for these guys. I mean, he, he gave Alonso a lot of trouble. You know, he's definitely, uh, Claudio's definitely breathing life back into some players here, isn't he? Uh, I, I was surprised, actually, by both subs. Uh, to be honest, I, I for whatever reason, I, I kind of thought that uh, AK was just going to end up being our 20 minute wonder sub, uh, mm. run around, give everybody hell, you know. And then for Floyd, man, I thought he was just buried, you know, and we wouldn't we'd never see him. But I actually thought both did really well. You know, um, mm. AK came on. He ran around like a madman. He kind of started making making some more excitement. And this is where I want to go back to Cess or go to Cess for a minute. I feel bad for him. He he was kind of in a weird role for him. And for me, it, it, this, it proved that Cess is not going to be the strike partner that everybody was hoping maybe could be for Metro. And I think part of that was because Cess was put in a weird position. He was put up top and told support, help be a striker, but also track way back and help defend. And so yeah. that was a lot of ground he was being asked to cover for. And so I think, he might have kind of felt, I'm just guessing, that maybe Claudio's instructions weren't clear enough for him. And he kind of looked lost. And so he wasn't very effective that day. So I think yesterday proved, for me at least, that Cess needs to be down one of the sides. He's much better as a winger, to me. So for AK to come on, I think AK actually did better than Cess. I hate to say that, not trying to put Cess down. But I think AK came on and did much better for that. And then Floyd coming on, he brought a lot of wit to the game and a lot of creativity that, you know, we were kind of missing in that first half. So I, I liked it. I thought it was actually kind of exciting watching them play. Yeah. And it gave us, it gave us that width like you were mentioning once again, it was really nice to see. And I was so happy. I don't know why I've just got a sort of soft, soft, soft spot for these skins, but I just was so happy to see Cabano. And I was actually quite worried Cabano for Kenny would be a, quite a tricky, uh, a, tr- a tricky substitution. Morgan, what were your thoughts on, these substitutions, particularly the Cabana one, as I just alluded to, mate. I kind of, I think, um, by that, by the time Cabana came on, I think mm. you know it was sort of seventy fifth, seventy sixth minute, and I think Kenny had done, had a really good game. I think he was looking tired. I think you know he just, it was good just to bring on a fresh pair of legs. You know, for a fact that Nice is going to be up for it. I haven't been injured for so long. First Premiership. Uh, football of the season so I think it was good to give him a chance I think you know obviously by this point we weren't winning the game and so just having him come on see if he could breathe a bit of life into the attack uh, it was great and you know it was good to see him on the pitch I do wonder if he sort of you know I wonder about this in the championship like this you know a lot of our players it does he have the quality to be in the team I think it's good to give him a chance good to have him in the squad I'm definitely not sold 
on whether he should be playing week in, week out, though. And mm-hmm. you know, going back to the other two subs, uh, I was slightly surprised that he made two changes at halftime. I know we weren't really threatening that much. And to be honest, when Cesc came off, I somewhat forgot that he was playing in the first place. And, you know, that's probably more down to his role, giving him far too much freedom and maybe him, you know, needing as a, you know, as a young player, we've got to remember that, you know, he's still, he's still a youth. He needs, he maybe needs that structure to sort of really sort of focus his play rather than sort of say, Hey, you're this wonder kid, you know, have a free role and him basically, you know, going out like a headless chicken for a bit. So I think, you know, definitely better as a winger. Um, He sort of, you know, he showed against, um, uh, Southampton, you know, what a decent cross of the ball he can be. So I think, yeah, in future, I think he needs to be playing that wing role. I think, you know, yeah. it was slightly strange to then bring on two wingers, mm. if you call AK a winger, and sort of take Cess off. I may have actually sort of just said, right, in this half, you're playing as a left winger, and then sort of just use one of them, and then, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes is the second half, then take him off and replace him. But obviously... Claudio had his uh, had his um, idea in his mind, and yeah, you're right. I mean, AK had a good game. I mean, it's sort of like thinking, was this his best game of the season? Well, yeah, by default because he wasn't shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he, you know, he caused them issues. He looked strong in the challenge. I mean, recently, I think he sort of like hasn't really used his strength uh, to its maximum sort of you know capabilities. So it was good to see him sort of putting himself about. I think I don't think a couple of chess players knew what hit them when he did. And so, yeah, it was good to see him play. It was good to see him sort of enthusiastic and actually show a bit of quality. Well, then, yeah. J-Mac, do you think he actually this was Claudio's strategy was not so much, I'm going to change this up because I think maybe we'll get a couple of goals or, you know, we, we have a chance of winning. But is it more typical Claudio? Was he being defensive minded and saying, OK, I'm going to put some fresh legs on here. And I'm going to tell them to, you know, run back and forth and create some havoc. And hopefully we can prevent, because we've got fresh legs on, more defensive minded, we can prevent more goals from happening. I think that's right. I think he wanted more fresh. I, wanted, I think he wanted fresh legs and a more, more chance of us completing a counter. As soon as AK and as soon as AK and ET came on, I had more faith in Metro getting service. Like I could a hundred times more. And... I think that's, it's as simple as that. He thought, these balls are not getting to Mitro. Let's get him some help. Um, Johansson, I'm sorry, wasn't good enough for that. And, you know, Kearney was tired and Sass even more so. So I think that was his game plan, to get the ball to Mitro somehow a lot quicker. And I, it certainly worked. And, you know, th- let's move on to this, because, you know, look, th- this, this Chelsea side are good, very good. They have an excellent coach in Sarri. And, you know, it could have been either one all or two nil, and unfortunately, it was two nil for that Loftus cheek goal at the end. But we were very much the better team in the second half, in my opinion, and I'm sure you you guys agree too. So, what I need to say is, we are looking better. I know we have lost again, but this is the second game Ranieri has been charged of, and we look better. There were times when Hazard was just passing it to a player around us, and we were just strong at the back and just thought, try it pass around us we're not moving and they just couldn't do anything we looked really good i mean morgan we, what are your thoughts on this because do you think there, there is a victory waiting for us soon don't you think it is definitely in the post yeah i mean we already showed against southampton that we can win games and it's yeah it's unfortunate that we had to play chelsea you know two games into his reign but you know we if we play like we did if we show the kind of 
backbone that we have in these two games, we will win games. We're not good enough as a team yet to be expecting to win games. And so I think Leicester is kind of the perfect test. Uh, you know, Leicester at home, potentially without Vardy. I think, you know, that's three points that would ordinarily be quite difficult to get. But I think if yes. we can play in the way that we, you know, we've shown we can in the last two games, you know, I think we should get a result. Um, it's not going to be easy. We're not expecting to win like we were against Southampton and we're not expecting to lose as we were against Chelsea. So I think it is one of those games that is, you know, it's there to be won, but, you know, it's going to take us playing at the same level as we have in the last two games and being effective, uh, you know, being clinical in front of goal as well. And so, you know, Claudio always said, you know, I prefer more about results rather than performances. But in this case, I mean, the performance was good and hopefully we can cling on to that, don't you think, Don? I don't see any reason why we can't go in and do really well and, uh, you know, at least get a point out of this. We've definitely got an upshift, you know, in, in how we're playing under Claudio. And, and it's been an improvement. I, w- I would not say, you know, that uh, we're playing great. I yeah. just, I, Some... don't think our, I don't think our players are quite at the level that they need to be for this league. So I'm not going to say they play great. Yeah. You know, and we're still conceding, I think, too many goals. Now, with that said, I think there's been some vast improvements. And so I do think Claudio is changing things, and it's for the better. And I do think we have a decent chance against teams like Leicester or even, you know, Manchester United or or Watford or any of those teams that are kind of in that upper mid-table. You know, I I think we could do okay against, you know, and, and sneak a point here and there, you know. And that's what we need to be doing right now is sneaking a point here and there. We've got to be walking away from these games with something, something to get out of the bottom. I do, I do yeah. like the fact you just put uh, Man United and Watford in the same bracket. I was just yeah, about to yeah. say that. It's brilliant. Hey, this is this you is what's to be impressed with Watford. Yeah. You have to be impressed with teams like Watford and Bournemouth uh, about what they've been doing. Okay, they're not like, to, in my mind at least, they're not like big clubs, and they're doing pretty damn well. You know, very, very. But I just love how United are now, you know, a mid-table side. They're terrible. It's, it's well, you know, they, I'm sorry. And I know there's all these worldwide United fans. Ooh, the gods are out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never truly been impressed with United once kind of that Rooney dynasty uh, and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who didn't quit until he's like 42. Um, yeah. I mean, once Giggs and those kind of guys all left. Man United has not really been that team ever since. So I think they're right where they should be, you know, or even lower in my mind. Well, we'll have a quick talk about that soon after the quiz, which is soon after this. But just quickly, guys, I'll go to you first, Don. What would you give Ranieri's rating out of 10 for his managerial? uh, What would you give his rating? (laughs) Okay, so if you take the loss away, okay, and you take away series, giving the damn ball away and Odoi kind of doing his thing. If you take all that away, I thought the lineup was okay. You know, considering we were going against uh, a Chelsea. Okay. And I'm not trying to put Chelsea on a pedestal or anything, but they've got some really strong players. Okay. So for me, I I think he's still like a a good solid seven. He he brought in some great substitutions that put life and, and breath back into the team. And so I, I, I give him a good seven. More importantly, okay, and I hate to break off from Claudio for just a minute, I give the away crowd, our, our, our people, when I was watching this through the TV, and mm. everybody mentioned this on Twitter, 
it was a library there, but I heard our guys screaming and singing all game. It was like it was more of a home game than it was an away game. So I give them kudos. Good job on making the atmosphere happen there. I'm, I, I I'm so Claudio glad you mentioned this. I give Claudio seven. Claudio seven, I'm, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because just you know when the Chelsea fans started doing that Chelsea, 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 the Fulham fans, our fans did it back and five times louder. I swear to God, it was one of the most satisfying things to watch. It was so good. Uh, Morgan, out of ten, Claudio Ranieri for you, mate. Uh, well, to be honest, I was going to go with the same uh, as right. uh, as Don. It was you know it's the first game. You know it was sort of it was good. That you know it was a great win. You know, it showed a lot of character. You know, you on that you would base it as a an eight out of ten performance from on you know first managerial game Saturday. Sorry, not Saturday. Whenever it was Sunday, it wasn't. It was a first half that was fairly underwhelming. Looked better in the second half. You know, that's probably a six. So I'll average it out at seven. But you know, as Don said, you know, you could hear sort of the the fans, especially in the I well, actually know through the whole game, but especially in the sort of second half, I'd say. You really notice that sort of the, the fan noise, and you go, oh, God, "It must be the home crowd." And it's like then you hear Fulham, and it was just like, "Ah, oh, shit!" <laughs> you know, yeah, this is great. I mean, you know, um, it's a shame the sort of Chelsea fans didn't really add to the atmosphere, but you know, that's uh, that's their prerogative, I guess. That's our Chelsea. Anyway, let's do the quiz after this, guys. Great reaction. All right, after this is the quiz. Fulham, and welcome back. Now it is time to get quizzical. Now, there are total points here for the co-hosts out of 19, so 19 points in up for grabs in total. And if you're playing along at home, there are a total of 24 points. All right, guys, let's do this. See if you can win the special prize this episode. Now, round one, goal scorers and appearances. Now, this is a Fulham v Man United round. Well, actually, in fact, the whole quiz is Fulham. It's a Man United-themed round for the game that we're previewing on Saturday, but also a bit of Leicester. Anyway, question one. Six Fulham players have scored two goals against Manchester United in the Premier League. No one has scored more than two in a Fulham shirt. Name one of the six and you get one guess each. And I will go to you first. Morgan. Sorry, I've got to pick a player who scored two goals against Man U. Yeah, uh, six Fulham players have scored two goals against Manchester United in the Premier League. No one has scored more than two in a Fulham shirt. Can you name one of the six players that have scored two goals against Manchester United? Uh, Louis Sahar. Louis Sahar? That is correct. You get a point there, Morgan. And Don, I'll go to you. What is your guess for this one? I'm going to go with Dempsey. Unfortunately, Dempsey is not on the list, mate. Unfortunately not. He has not scored two goals against Manchester United in the Premier League. I'm sorry, sir. Excellent. Okay, question two. Plenty of time to make up for it. These three Man United players are the three highest scorers against Fulham in the Premier League. Ruud van Nistelrooy, Wayne Rooney, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Great. But which order do they go in? From the most goals against us to the third. And you get a point for each correct placement. All right? So I'll go to you for this, Don. Do you get the question, mate? Yeah, I think the order is going to be Ronaldo, Rooney, and then uh, what's his name? Yep. So yeah. I think that's going to be the order. Ronaldo, Rooney, and Vanessa Roy for you. All right. I'll just put that down. And the same question to you, Morgan, sir. Going top to bottom, I am going to go Vanessa Roy first because I know he scored a few against us. Um, then let's go Rooney, then Ronaldo. Rooney, then the Ronaldo. 
Okay. I can safely say that both of you are entirely wrong. The first, the top scorer against us, the, the most goals against us is Rooney in first place, who scored nine. Then second, it's Van Nistelrooy with eight. Then third, bronze for Cristiano Ronaldo with only five. Pathetic. At least I got the worst Pathetic. one. You got the what? Did you get the worst one? Yeah, yeah, I said Rooney, then Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> did you did get the worst one so you do get a point there beg your pardon excellent and don't unfortunately none for you there mate so at the moment it is two nil all right question three this is head to head now this is worth six points a point for each question i'm going to get so question three decide who of the following pairs played more league games for their respective clubs remember it doesn't include europa or cups it's just their league appearances okay so also, it's, it's Man United versus Fulham. So each player is a Man United player, one's a uh, Fulham player, and so on and so forth. So I'll go to you first with this, Don. So number one, Manchester United, Louis Saha, or Fulham, Louis Saha? Fulham. Okay, and I'll go to you with that one, Mr. Morgan. I am going to say, I'm going to say Fulham. You are both correct. Louis Saha for Fulham scored 117 goals and Louis Saha for United scored 86. So question two. I'll go to you for this one, Morgan. Nani or Simon Davis? Is this more goals or more appearances? More appearances, more appearances for their respective clubs. In the league. Uh, I am going to go... I'm going to go Nani. You're going with Nani. And for you, Mr. Don? Davis. Davis. Okay. Unfortunately, you are wrong, Don, and you are correct, Morgan. Nani had 147 appearances for Manchester United, and Simon Davis had 137, so not much in it. Question three. Cristiano Ronaldo or Louis Boa Morte? And I'll go to you for this, Morgan. Oh, he was there. I'm going to go Boa. Okay, you're going with Boa. And for you, Don? Uh, I'll say Ronaldo. Okay. You are wrong, I'm afraid, and Morgan is right again. Louis Boamorte has 205 appearances for Fulham. Cristiano Ronaldo has 196. They're really close. This is a great, this is a great statistic. Okay, question four. Danny Welbeck or Collins John? And I'll go to you with this one, Don. Mm, Collins John. Collins John, okay. And for you, Morgan? I just wonder if uh, sub-appearances count as well in that case. Uh, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go Collins John as well. You are both entirely correct. Collins John has 95 appearances and Danny Welbeck has 92. They're so close. All right, question five. Nemanja Vidic, <clears throat> Nemanja Vidic or Aaron Hughes? And I'll go to that one to you, Morgan. Vidic uh, or Hughes? Aaron Hughes. Okay, Hughes, and to you, Mr. Mo- uh, Mr. Don? This one's actually, I, I would think, be really close. Uh, mm. I, I'll say Hughes, too. Okay, you're both wrong. It's Vidic. Vidic had 211 appearances and Hughes had 196. They're, they're all really close. It's almost as if they've been picked because they're close. I, th- I, think, I think he might be onto something there. I think they have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, the last question Robin Van Persie or Brian Ruiz? And I'll go that to you, Don. Van Persie. Van Persie. And for you, Morgan? Yeah, it's got to be Van Persie, surely. Well, it's surely not. It's, it's Brian Ruiz. Brian Ruiz had 97 appearances and Robin Van Persie had 86. Oh, All right, guys. 
Yeah, All right, and we're going to the back and forth round now. I'll count the points after this round. We're going to the back and forth round. You guys get five guesses each here, so it goes back and forth with each one that I ask. Okay. So name the ten clubs that Fulham have taken the most points off in the Premier League era. Name the ten clubs that Fulham have taken the most points off in the Premier League era, and I will tell you if they're on the list. I'll go to you first, Don. West Ham. West Ham. And uh, West Ham is not on the list, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Don, sorry. And Morgan, to you, sir. Uh, we'll go Southampton. 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 Southampton is not on the list. All right, next guest, Mr. Don. Okay. <laughs> How about Sunderland? That is correct. It is 20 games against Sunderland where we have taken 31 points off of them. Very good, Don. And for you, Morgan, next guest. Uh, I will go with Norwich. Norwich, Norwich. Unfortunately, you just miss out on Norwich. Norwich is 15th, not in the top 10. I'm sorry, mate, unfortunately. And I'll go to you, Mr. Don. Wolves. 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 Wolves is not on the list. I'll go to you, Morgan. Uh, Where are we going? Um, Let's go West Brom. West Brom. West Brom is on the list. They are seventh with 16 games we've played against them and we've taken 27 points. 16 games, 27 points. Very good. All right, and done. Next team, please, sir. Wigan. Wigan Athletic. You are right. They are the fifth team we have taken the most points against. In 16 games, we've taken 28 points. Very good. And for you, Morgan. Uh, where are we in the world? Uh, England. Say. England, okay, them. Uh, I'm going to say Middlesbrough. 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 Middlesbrough, oh, mate, you're close, but no cigar once again. They are 12th on the list, I'm afraid, mate. I'm sorry, you do not qualify for a point there. And Don is your final guest, mate. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Mate, you've nailed it. Portsmouth were 10th. You were 10th. We have taken 22 points from Portsmouth out of 14 games. Well done. Good, good stuff. And final guess for you, Morgan. I'm going to go with Bolton Wanderers. Bolton Wanderers, Bolton Wanderers. And you have nailed it because they are the first on the list. In 22 games, 43 points we have taken off them in the Premier League era. Very good, guys. Very good. And just so you know, the second was Newcastle United. I will just say them all. So first was Bolton, second was Newcastle, third was Sunderland, fourth was Aston Villa, fifth was Wigan, sixth was Tottenham, seventh was West Brom, eighth was Everton, ninth was Blackburn Rovers, Rovers, tenth was Portsmouth, and the ones you would have missed out on, like I said, were eleventh Liverpool, twelfth Middlesbrough, thirteenth Manchester City, fourteenth Charlton Athletic, and fifteenth Norwich City. So that is that, and we now go on to the final round. Guess the player. All right, guys. So. The final scores before we enter this round, uh, Morgan is on eight and Don is on five. So, Don, you need to bet big here, mate. You need to get in this as quickly as possible. So, in the, if you, so I, we are now reaching the guest of player, 10 facts of this player. And if you get fact one to three, you get four points. If you get four to six, you get three points. If you get seven to eight, you get two points. And nine to ten, you get one point. So, you oh, need to bet ten. big, Don. And, Morgan, you, can, you need to step up a bit, too, if you want to make sure you're clear of Don. Okay, here we go. So as soon as you think you know who the player is, just shout out. I'll recognize your voice. Is it pretty easy? Right. Facts. Fact number one. 
This player is six foot three tall. He made 68 appearances for Fulham. He had an unbeaten record in his first season, but only made three appearances. Okay, guys, you're out of the four-point zone. Next fact. This player was born in 1985. Fact number five. In a Fulham shirt, this player scored the first goal in Premier League history to be awarded by the use of goal line technology. Okay, fact number six. This player can speak six languages. Yeah, uh, England. Go on. Uh, Phil Senderos. <laughs> Okay, you're going with Phil Senderos. I'm going to freeze you there, mate, and we'll see if Don, more, uh, if Don wants to have a guess as well. And I'm see, we'll see. Fact number seven: He was the first signing after the Europa League final. Fact number eight: This player was somewhat of a scapegoat for whichever club he played for. Oh, then it's number nine. <laughs> number nine. I'll freeze you there then. Fact number nine: We signed this player on a free transfer from Arsenal. Fact number ten: He is a Swiss international centre back. So. Indeed, indeed, he was, he was Philippe Senderos. So in which case, I am going to add three points. Three points, is it three points? Three I think points. you got the three points. So eight, nine, ten, eleven. So the final scores are eleven to Morgan and five to Don. Unlucky Don. But congratulations, Morgan. We have a prize for you. Congratulations, you've won a personal gym session with AK-47 where you'll be pumping iron and creating some guns of your own. And if you're lucky, he'll take you to the pool after where he'll show you how to do some outrageous diving. How do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, I couldn't be more excited if I tried. There you go. There you go. All right, guys, we got some previews after this. Fulham. And welcome back. Now we're going to have a little mixture of Leicester and United previews, but mostly on Leicester. So, what do you think is our best 11 at the moment, if everyone is fit? I mean, let, let's talk about what we would change if necessary. And I'll go to you, Dom, with this one. How would you like us to see us lined up? What change, what, if any changes at all for Leicester? Okay, so if I'm going to line up, and it, when I say line up, actually, I would do the same thing for both games. Number one, I kind of like to see us go back to 442, uh, mm. more traditional 442, with, you know, instead of Metro sitting behind, uh, or instead of Sess up top sitting behind Metro, it would be uh, Tom. I, I would have him sitting there. I think that would be a great role for him. And I would, if he's fit, bring Schurler back out onto the right wing. And on the left wing, I would put uh, Sess. I want Sess back on that left wing. For the left back, if Brian is fit, I want Brian back in. I want a doy gone. I want him out. I'm sorry. I know I'm going to get a lot of stick for this. Cool. I don't care. I want him out. And I want either MLM dropping in with uh, uh, Alfie Molson, or I want Reem back in there. Okay. For the right back, you know. I I like Christie. I like his, his energy. I like how he gets down the field. He seems to be doing pretty well there. But it's his crosses that are killing me. And if we're going to get service into the box to, to help support Metro, we need better crosses there. So, I don't know. Maybe you put Odoi out there. Maybe he'll do better on the crosses. But I'm, I'm, I'm torn about that position. Otherwise, I'd leave it the same, you know. Uh, well, Johansson, obviously, I think we have to change out, or I, I, I would change out, and I, I would probably bring back in um, what's his name uh, in the center because I don't think K Mac is, is fit or or Angisa, yeah. just the person to bring in. I yeah, I bring in Giza. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Angisa with Chambers as the DMs, uh, defensive mids with Kenny as the number 10, Scherler on the right and Sess on the left and Mitro up top. Um, would you change anything specifically, uh, Morgan, mate? I mean, you were talking potentially about Joe Bryan as well earlier, weren't you? Yeah, I was, just, I mean, I was uh, having a sort of another think. And I was thinking, I would, even though I agree with you, Don, that Adoy isn't great, I would leave the back five the same, including the keeper. I just, at the moment, I think we just need that sort of solidity. And I think okay. if they're all fit, if they're all healthy, I would keep it the same. If we start chopping and changing, like sort of suggesting that we should, it's just the same old, you know, it's insanity really in the most purest sense of the word. And I think if we just leave that back five the same, just for this game, it means they would have played three games in a row together. You know, it's they may not be the t- uh, the most talented, uh, you know, sort of back four. I mean, I think Rico is certainly our best keeper. May not Absolutely. be the most talented back four, but I like the fact that it is the same back four. I think if Vardy is injured, as you know, there are certain rumors fly about that he is, um, yeah. then that really sort of negates the need for getting rid of a doy. Because if it was Adoy versus Vardy, it would just be uh, it would just be horrific. But I think you know if we have uh, if we're coming up against the Leicester strikers, I don't know who they are. Uh, um, might be was it Okazaki and maybe sort of someone else. But well, I think he's he's definitely in there. Yeah, um, but I don't. I mean, he's not. You know, he's not going to sort of burn you for pace too much. So no, I think, for pace, know, I mean, sorry. I was going to say, just if we keep that back for. Uh, and the keeper the same for this game. I think, see how it goes. I think obviously against Man United, we might change it up a bit. I would like to see Brian back in there. And I think uh, Le Marchand is a better centre-back option than a Doi in the sense of uh, quality, but maybe just keep it the same for this game. I wouldn't have a Doi at right back. I think, you know, he's a useful backup should we have injuries or suspensions, but his, he's not an attacking fullback. His crossing, you know, I don't really, I can't really remember him crossing he hasn't played in that position for ages um i would maybe sort of change up the midfield a bit i would yeah certainly have Cess back on the left hopefully Scholler on the right you know then this might be a chance for vieto to come in i don't know what they've been doing on the training field with him but you know we know from a point of view of counter-attacking he's certainly a ranieri type of player so mm. hopefully he'll get a chance <clears throat> i think he'll be on the bench um at the very least um and well, I don't, do we know what Scholler's injury was it was uh, a hamstring. Small, yeah, hamstring problem. Like just tweaked, or is it actually? No, they said it wasn't bad. Okay. Well, it might. So I think... there, they, there was supposedly a good chance of him being back in this game. But you know, you guys both keep counting out Vardy. But uh, I read somewhere that he's supposed to be assessed on Wednesday, so there is a chance he uh, could be in there. Well, I think I, my my theory would be if he was going to rest him for any game, it would be against us, and that would make week. sense and then bring him back for the weekend game. I think in a similar way, Scherler may not be risked for this game, uh, knowing that we have got such a big game at the weekend. You know, it I may be one that. of those games that isn't, you know, isn't one of those games we're expected to win, but I think we want to keep our best players for it. And, you know, if we have, you know, a decent team cohesion against Leicester, uh, we should be able to cope without him. But I think we do need some attacking intent in in sort of like the shape of Vieto, I don't think mm. AK should be starting. Uh, even if he did look okay, I still think yeah. he he just lacks any sort of quality to last a ninety minute game. You know, he is an impact sub, and then 
uh, I think, yeah, TC in the number 10 role again. Seri, yeah, we haven't got anyone else really at the moment, so I think we've got to give him another chance. Um, he is looking incredibly lightweight at the moment. but mm. uh, And I backed him the whole season, even when he sort of looked pretty poor. But I just, I am starting to think whether he, do, he is going to cut it. Yeah. But I think there's definitely a quality player in there, and I think it's up to Ranieri to find it. Um, you know, and really talk him through what he's doing wrong. Yeah. So he does that. If he puts his arm around his shoulder, you know, doesn't sort of, you know, say he's doing everything right, because he clearly isn't, but explains to him clearly why he's not playing well, then he should yeah. hope, you know, spark something in him. So we'll see. If it doesn't, you know, Angisa will probably come in when he's fit. Um, and we'll see Siri on the bench for a bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, with with Callum Chambers and his confidence that he's on his form. With his discipline, with Anguissa's athleticism, but also, you know, he works better as a duo in a defensive midfield partnership, as he always said. It could, for me, be the best option. I mean, we have to deal with the likes of Damari Grain and James Madison, who's killing it at the moment. So I feel that Seri is not necessary for this type of onset, like, you know, this team that we're going to face on Wednesday. And, you know, moving on to United, I mean, you, you say a game that we're we're not expected to win. I mean, my God, you know, Palace can draw to them and, you know, Brighton can beat them. This team, I mean, they're facing Arsenal midweek. I mean, I'm just praying that they don't get slaughtered too much because if I really think this, as long as Mourinho stays in that job, we have more of a chance of getting at least a point there. I've just got this feeling that we're going to sack Mourinho on Saturday and I can't wait to actually witness it. What are your guys' thoughts on United, Don? <laughs> That would actually be a beautiful day. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, you know what? I like Mourinho. He's fun. He's box office. But it would just be, you know, I've, I feel like we've, we're already the catalyst for getting rid of Mark Hughes today. Um, and I just I think we're, become, you know, it's, well, let's just see. I mean, sorry to interrupt you. Go on. No, no, no. You know, for me, Mourinho is he, he's reality TV. You know, he's just all about the drama. And I, I'm not about the drama. I can't stand all the crap that comes along with him. You know, the press conferences and everything so if we got him sacked hey that's that's fine by me good for good for us uh you know it's it's the same thing for either game whether you know it's Leicester on Wednesday or United on Monday as I said I don't think United is like oh my god anymore uh I don't think they're you know going to be in the top five even I think this season I, I would be surprised that there'd have to be a drastic change for them to be able to get into the top five uh let alone into the top three I just think, I know we don't want to chop and change, okay? But I just think long-term, we've got to start thinking about a, a better solution than a doy in the back, okay? And everybody, like I said, doesn't want to hear this, but he's been there the whole time. We've been conceding goals. So, you know, uh, I just think, like Siri, there's a level for him. I don't think this is a level, okay? Uh, as far as Siri... You know, going forward for both games, I don't think we have much choice right now uh, as that kind of player who he does every now and then, you know, pick these, oh, my God, like Tom Carney type style passes that create something. So for now, he sits. But, you know, I, again, you don't want to top and change, but, you know, maybe Angisa comes comes in and he plays next to Chambers there. And well, he's already scolded. I mean, I mean there was, he's already scored an absolute worldie in like some sort of fiber tra- side of training. Do you guys see the video of that from Fulham uh, for the Fulham website? No, who, they who just scored? Show, they, sh- 
they showed Angisa just scoring an absolute worldie from like the halfway line when right, they're doing some training hey, One more reason why maybe he should be given the shot and Siri just sits on the bench for this one or the next two. And, and I think he needs to rest, there. yeah. You know, I don't think, I, but the thing is with Angisa, you know, you might do that training, but he didn't score a single goal when he was at Marseille. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I, I probably scored a few good goals in training back when I was playing there, you know, <laughs> at school. But I was shit out of the pitch and the match, you know. So. <laughs> well, you have to stop and think, you know, when it comes to training, there's, there's usually not as much pressure. You don't feel, you know, like the world is on you. You're, you're, everybody's trying to get the ball. You're having more fun usually in training. And so you're more apt or more, uh, you know, inclined to take risk and do something crazy. So you're right. You know, you could do something in training and you're never going to do it in a game. Yeah. So, I mean, th- taking all of this into consideration, I think we've established that a doy will eventually need solving. Uh, we should keep a consistent back four for now. Potentially, Surrey need resting and maybe, maybe Joe Bryan making an appearance. So we're pretty much happy with more or less, the, as, as long as Sherla's not injured, he the way things i guess are really okay guys i i, I don't know what else just to talk on this topic well, i really. mean we could just... i would i would sort of suggest that with the sort of the man U game we really need to sort of see how the uh, leicester game goes first um mm. you know if we you know if we you know win handsomely against leicester then we shouldn't be making wholesale challenges against united you know we yes. should be the consistency is key you know and Although, you know, it, sometimes you don't have the most talented players playing in your team because for whatever reason, they're not performing or it's not they're not gelling with the rest of the squad. Now, yeah, OK, going back to Adoy, he's certainly not the most talented, but people like him and he seems to be sort of part of the team. And I think at the moment, the sort of having that um, uh, sort of, you know, uh, that level of cohesion between them personally, as much as sort of uh, quality wise, is just as important for getting us out of this mess that we're in at the moment so you know maybe we need to get rid of him at some point and bring in you know a decent quality center back but i wouldn't be sort of uh throwing him out just yet yeah yeah and i think i think the huge i've got a feeling well, we are going to need to start the game very strongly against leicester we'll be at home it'll be under the lights we'll be up for it I think the huge challenge we have is a clean sheet. We still haven't got a clean sheet, guys, and it is really, really embarrassing now. Uh, I think this is the, the, the first and foremost what is what Ranieri is going to be prioritizing. And God, do we need one? So, I mean, hopefully that will come to fruition, and we might actually get the McDonald's that was promised. Um, <laughs> uh, any any more points to make on this, Don? Don, for instance. Well, my my only thing is, you know, again. I want consistency in players, but at some point we've got to start fading some of these guys out. I'm sorry. They've, they've got to be faded out and we've got to put other players in their place. Uh, Brian is, is, is a must in my mind. I think Brian is definitely, it was unfortunate. He, he pulled his injury when he did, because I think he was starting to solidify that left back as this is my spot and I, and it's going to be mine for the, for the foreseeable future. So I really want to see Brian back in there. Okay. But my other Big thing is, if they play the Claudio style, and he, it showed in the first five minutes, sadly, you know, I guess really three minutes before the goal, but if they play his style and they go at him right away, just go at him, I don't see why we can't do well against both of these teams, okay? So just go at him, defend hard. I know we're going to have to defend hard. 
hopefully we'll make up, you know, for our, our goals conceded by feeding Metro better and getting more goals, you know, cause that's going to be, I think the only thing that's going to save us right now is we got to get him into more opportunities to, to succeed and, and get goals. And that's the same with Schurler. Okay. Get him in the opportunities where he can start shooting and, and, and doing things. And I think, you know, we'll be okay, but we've got to go at him just right out of the gate. Just go at him. Don't sit back. Don't, don't, play super defensive but get on the ball right away yeah exactly um, is, that, is that the Ranieri style that's the problem I mean we in theory that sounds like a good idea but you know if anyone knows Leicester Ranieri knows them now will he come out playing a different style of football than he used to play while he was at Leicester to sort of catch them mm. unawares or will he stick to what he knows and they know for a fact it's going to be hard to break down. Obviously, our defensive qualities, uh, inverted commas, suggest that, you know, we can't rely on that. But at the same time, if he starts mixing it up too much, there's going to be confusion amongst the squad. And I think at the moment, whilst we are at the bottom of the league, we need to be thinking simple football as opposed to sort of, you know, overcomplicating it and sort of making it, uh, you know, just giving the, the team the confidence to do what they're sort of, you know, he's been, he came into the club saying, this is how we're going to set out. It doesn't matter who it's against. This is how we're going to play for now. If we need to change it up further down the line, then we will. But I think we, against Leicester, play our style of football. It's going to be heavily counter-attacking you know, as he was at Leicester, you know, based on two Ranieri teams, we should both be having about 25% of the ball. I'm not sure who gets the other 50%, but you know, that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, we should, carry on as we are uh, against United it'll be a completely different style of game um, I mean I don't know how they're going to turn up you know you never know with uh, Mourinho's sides but I think focusing on Leicester we need to just be going out there and going getting the win if we need to win it you know a little bit ugly fine um, we just need to make sure that the team know what they're doing and obviously relying quite heavily on Mitro uh, to put the goals in yeah, and I think we shouldn't ever underestimate how much Claudio will want to win this game. We all think it's all a very romantic, cuddly situation. The fact that, you know, Leicester City are back at the, you know, he's back to face his old team that he won the Premier League with. But there will be a part of him that will, you know, sentiment and tragedy aside of the owner, that he will want to prove this team that they made a mistake getting rid of him. I think, you know, that he will want to win this game. Let's make no mistake about that. And, you know, Let's hope that actually happens. All right, then. All right, guys. Well, great pod. Uh, great to speak to you both. I haven't heard from either of you in quite a while, actually. It's lovely to hear your voices. And so thank you to my co-hosts and for your listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and tell all your friends about us. And next week's show is out on Tuesday morning and will include all the fallout from the Man United game. And also, you'll hear from us very soon because the draw for the FA Cup is being announced in the next 15 minutes or so. So... We'll find out what team we're facing in the FA Cup very soon. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on any talking points or things you'd like to discuss on the show or on Twitter and use the hashtag Fulham Focus or at Fulham Focus rather. And if you got 24 out of 24 in the quiz, be honest, tell us and we'll bathe you in glory in the next pod. All right, so that is goodbye from me and that is goodbye from Don. See you, everyone. And that is goodbye from Captain Moore. Cheers, guys. Lovely. All right. See you guys.